Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Berhantu with me, Hafiz Rahman. Thank you so much for listening and making Berhantu your choice of podcast for anything horror. Um, it it seems like every time when I go to a hotel, something happened. Um, okay, actually not happened. I mean, this is just something like quite weird that, that I experienced. But I, I want to share with you guys. So, so um, I was in Bangkok the other day and then I was in one of the hotels. And... Um, so the, so the way the hotel is being built is that it's uh, okay. I'll get to the story soon. Okay, so the story is about something that happened in tempat mengaji kat Johor. Okay, like 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 a, like a um religious place, a school in 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 Johor. Uh, there's two stories by the way. So anyways, I'm adding you with one extra story. So it's two point five stories. So this hotel is built in a square. So for example, the rooms are all at the outer sides of the square. So meaning that if you were to take the lift, you have to walk. Right, like all the all the four angles of of the place to get to your room, um. So you either go to the left or to the right. So, so unfortunately, my room is like right in the middle of the other side. So it means either way, whether I go to the left or to the right, I would have to go through like a long pathway, lah. Right to go to my room. Um, it's it's beautiful hotel. It's a beautiful hotel. The gym is nice. Uh, the swimming pool is is fantastic, and it's a relatively new hotel. So I didn't think much about it. Um, but let's just say that. Okay, so for example, my room is in eight three six. Okay, so the walls are quite thin because as 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 it is with new hotels, you know, uh, the way they build it, for some reason, the walls are always very thin. So every night, dalam pukul macam okay, because I know that hotels are twenty four hours, right? So people will shuffle in and out, in and out, in and out. Every night, I will always hear macam um like stuff happening, like the TV being switched on, um at 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 the room beside me, and then I will hear like. Macam people shuffling lah, people shuffling in in and out of 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 the the corridor and all that, and it's a quite busy. I'm like, eh, quite busy juga eh. Like even though at night, but then again, it's Bangkok lah. You know, Bangkok. You know how Bangkok nightlife is, right? People would still go out like in the middle of the night. And I'm just like a I'm just like a room like a room person. I just wanna because the reason why I was there is because I wanted to just relax and and do my my stuff. You know. Anyways, the door is always closed. So this is room eight three, eight, right? Because it's like corresponding to the one in front. So it's like eight three six. The pan is eight three seven. The blaku is eight three eight. On the second, no, on the third day. So it's been two nights of me hearing this 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 noise that's happening, right? So I thought like, oh, maybe it's just someone inside there. So on the third day, um, when I was going out, when I was checking, not checking out, I was going out. Ah, uh, the door was ajar. So I managed to peep in into the the room of eight three six. There's no one staying there, because, the room, is filled up, with laundry, and bed sheets, so they have used that room. Sorry. They have used that room to, just store all of the bed sheets and towels, um. Of the hotel, I don't know. I don't know whether for that level only, or for the entire hotel, but that room, and I'm telling you, it's filled eh, to the brim. So I saw, like, a lady inside there, and she was just taking stuff in there, and she was just like, macam inching inside because it was filled. It was filled with towels and bed sheets and pillowcases and all that stuff. To the point where. They actually took the bed and they put the bed to the side and they just place everything. So, so literally, yeah, from the floor to the ceiling, it's filled with 
stacks of <laughs> um stuff. And it's only a very short little walkway for the staff or, or, or the chambermaids to just get their stuff and leave the room. And then I looked at the TV and I'm like, that TV is covered by towels. <laughs> I just like, huh, okay, that's not nice. <laughs> that's weird. So what the fuck have I been hearing for the past two nights? And it's really macam kuat tau. Macam aku dengar suara orang giggle. Aku dengar suara orang berbual. Aku dengar bunyi TV. You know, aku dengar orang jalan-jalan. Macam like people opening and closing. Maybe luggages or whatever, you know. Like full-on action in A38. And then on the third day when I opened, when, when, when the door was opened, and I saw it, and I'm like, okay, so it's a storeroom then. So who, okay, anyways. So that that was a hotel in, in Bangkok, somewhere in Siloam. I'm not going to tell you where, but um, yeah. <clears throat> Alright, back to the story. So now this story, um, one is a slightly longer story and one is a short story, okay? But um, both stories actually happened um, somewhere in Malaysia, alright? So this first story uh, I want to share with you, uh, I'm just going to read it off because it was very precise. Um, let's just call this guy Ash, okay? So he said that this happened in 2011 after his PSPSLE when, when his mother sent him to a class in Ngaji in Johor, a recitation, a Quran recitation class in Johor. Um, he has since forgotten the name of the place, but he says that it's a kampung in Johor. So he has a family there, and um, my grandma's younger sister would pick them up from the class. So every day is from 8am to 6pm, and the layout of the place is like a U-shape, this, this school, right? So in the centre is the owner's house. To the left is the asrama, the dorms, because, not, because apparently a lot of kids from all over Malaysia actually come down to this place in Johor for this class ngaji. Right, and they don't, they don't they don't have the luxury of going back home, so they they will stay there for this duration of time. All right, and to the right is where they have their ngaji classes. So on a normal day, he said the structure of the program is like this: so from eight a.m. to nine p.m. is uh, fardu ain class fardu ain, from nine to twelve is Quran recitations and Quran memorization, from one to one thirty is lunch, and then they have zuhur. And then from 1.30 to 2.30, they'll have Fardu Kifaya. And then 2.30 to 4.30, they will continue their recitation. And then they'll Salat Asa. And then um, 4.30 like that, they will invite some Ustaz of Pak Lebay from a masjid to, to share with them life lessons. It ends at 6, then they go back home. So this is their, their, their schedule. I do not know how long is the program. Maybe it's over a period of one week or two weeks. Um, but this is like the routine every day from 8 to 6, right? So it's just really like quite intensive um, Quran recitation class. Um, he didn't like it. He didn't ask for it. <laughs> uh, so basically, he said my parents forced me. Um, when they were told, when they, they told me that we're going to our kampung in Johor for a retreat, so they have actually a family in Johor. So once they arrived there, um, he said my parents enrolled me in this gaji place lah to enroll me in the, into the program. And he said I felt out of place because I was the only Singaporean there. But I mean, I did make some friends and all lah, you know. So, um. He said that this surau, there was a ustaz, the head ustaz. So he was the imam of the surau, all right? And he was the one who was overseeing the whole program. And he had three assistants who would aid him in his recitation, in our recitations and all. Um, so they were all very quiet and reserved, so I never talked to them. Now, happened to one of the assistants who got possessed while teaching them. Okay, now. <clears throat> he said that on that particular day, 
uh, the head ustaz was unavailable except for one of the assistants. So I don't remember his name. Let's just call him uh, Mat. All right. He said that this guy, one of the assistants of this head imam, he was very tall, maybe about one point eight, one point eight plus like that, and he had really dark skin, like very tanned, and he was quite buffed. So he said our class had just finished uh, Zohor, uh, afternoon prayers. And we skipped Fardu Kifaya because the Ustaz was in charge of that wasn't there, right? So it was apparently on that day, there was supposed to be at any point of time only four, um, like four Ustaz or four teachers. But at the, uh, on that particular day, it's only one. So anyway, so they continued with their recitations and all that. Now, he said in my class, there was this kid. People call him Pedol, all right? Um, he's like the class clown. Like, he would like make jokes all the time. He would be the center of attention. All the shenanigans, all the jokes, he would be the one to crack it up, like, you know? So on this particular day, he was extra chatty and boisterous. He said, so after several attempts by the Ustas to get him to shut up, he just wouldn't listen. And at this point of time, he wasn't funny anymore. Like the whole class was like pissed with him already because he was like a nuisance. And there were 60 of them in the class. So that's the reason why there were four teachers. But apparently, because there's the other three teachers are not there, this one guy, this this, this tall Abang Mat ni, has to take care of 60 kids. All right? So he had to individually listen to each student's recitations while this pedal guy was making a fool of himself. So after the while, the Ustaz got pissed off and he yelled at him to stand next to him. Right? So this Ustaz, this, this pedal guy, so the Ustaz made him stand in Superman pose. So the Superman pose is that if you stand up straight, you just bend your knees forward and then you put both hands outstretched. Like that. So that's a Superman pose. Okay? So it's very tiring. It's like a, it's like a punishment of, of sorts. So then soon after, this pedal guy stopped laughing lah because he said he was getting tired, right? His arms were getting tired. So normally it dropped. But it was unacceptable to mud. So this guy said that this teacher actually was using a long stick to point at the Quran. He used it to whip pedal's arms whenever it dropped. So then pedal's thighs got tired too. So those thighs got whipped as well. He said this went on for half an hour. That guy, that class clown, was being made to do this for half an hour. Alright? So, each whipped sounded louder and louder to the point where the kids became very quiet because apparently they said it's as if something had taken over this guy and he was not himself. Something has taken over this Abang Mat. Macam dia kena sampuk gitu. Macam like, I don't know what was in him. Alright? And they could see that pedal's arms, thighs, and shins were all red in color, and he was crying, and Ingo's was all like dripping on the floor already. Alright? And then he said that the Ustas did a final whip, and you can hear the whoosh from the cane, and it hit pedal's ankles. That was when the class stopped reciting the Quran and stared at them, and pedal fell to the ground crying. But he said, I didn't expect this to happen, but it happened right in front of my eyes. I cannot forget it, Hafiz. This is what happened. So he said, Kata waktu itu, itu rotan. That rotan in his hand flew from the Ustaz's hand as if an unseen force had pushed it away. And suddenly, he just stood there. This, this, abang man, this, 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 this um, guy. He said, his hands and his legs were all tense and his fingers curled up and his face was really red. And remember, I told you guys that this guy was had very dark skin, like very tan. But despite his skin being very tan, you could clearly see his face being extremely red. And Dada Mula mumbled to himself. It was like he was struggling with himself. 
He said at this point of time, I felt like a chill fell down my spine and the silence of the class was deafening. So everyone, all the 60 students, was looking at this guy being possessed in front of them and they didn't know what was happening. So he said at the point of time, I could feel the room suddenly became very, very, very loud. Okay? And we were all just looking at him not knowing what to do. So after, like, macam, maybe 20, 30 seconds, he recovered on his own. So it seemed like he was quickly being possessed and he recovered. And he just looked at Pedal and just said, Lain kali jangan buat bising lagi. Next time, don't make any more noise. <laughs> and, this was, and this was early on in the program. And this guy said that after that day, that Pedal guy, the class clown, was never the same again. Like, terus, senyap, nothing. And nobody talked about it. Nobody talked about it ever. Ever, 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 ever. Nobody talked to the head imam. Um, and because I think, because I think Pedro's, Pedro, Pedro, Pedro was um, there for quite some time. So the marks, the, the rotan marks, I think dissipate. So... I think I don't know whether he, whether the parents complain or whatever. I didn't know because I went back to Singapore. Um, but this was what happened. The most messed up thing was that aku nampak itu rotan just being flung away from his hand. Macam ada orang ambil itu rotan. Like someone took the rotan and forced it out from the hand and throw it at the other side of the, of the classroom. So that was something I can never forget. He said it happened in broad daylight. So I will never... Stop think, talking about it for as long as I live. So that happened in like some class ngaji in, in Johor. So now my third story is a short story I wanted to share with you guys. It's about this um, lady uh, in a madrasa. So this happened in, in um, <coughs> Malaysia as well. Uh, she didn't specify, but this is a short story. She, so she said that essentially what happened was one of the friend uh, kept on crying in class saying that Aku dengar ada suara baby. Aku dengar ada suara baby menangis. Aku dengar ada suara baby menangis. And everyone was like, oh, siapa, siapa, kita tak dengar, kita tak dengar. Like, who, who, we, we cannot hear. Tak tahu, tak tahu, tak tahu, tak tahu, tak tahu. And then, one day, she said, she got into hysteria. She got, like, hysterical lah. Because she said that when the Ustazah was teaching by the whiteboard on the Ustazah's table, she saw a, a baby covered in blood. Lying on the on the on the on the table, and she went hysterical. You know, and she went hysterical, and 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 the whole class, which I'm got shocked lah. And the ustazah had to like come over and like and like, which I'm calm her down and all that. But she said it was just the the sad ending to that story was that after much investigation, they found out that this girl she was pregnant. They were fifteen. She was fifteen years old. She was pregnant, and she got an abortion so she said that maybe it's mental trauma maybe it's um, guilt manifesting itself into something but she said that the girl said the last thing that I remembered was that I saw a, a baby drenched in blood on top of the ustazah's table there was a something like that and this happened like maybe 15, 20 years ago yeah, about 15 to 20 years ago um, and this lady said that this happened somewhere in Selangor. Um, yeah. So, it was a short story, like, but I just wanted to share with you because I thought it was something that 
was interesting and was in line with the story that I shared earlier on with that little Ngaji house in Johor. Until now, I'm trying to find out which Ngaji place. Apparently, he said it's very famous that people from all over, like parents from all over Malaysia would send their kids just to this house. Not house, like, like this this uh, school in, in Johor. So if you guys know where is this place, please let me know. I would love to to research on that place. Um. Anyways, that's all the story that I have. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a journey. Um, I'm going to catch some sleep because I've, I've had a really long day. I don't know why I'm sharing this with you guys. But good night, everyone. And uh, more stories, please email me at hafizabrahman at yahoo.com. Okay? Until then, thank you so much for listening to the podcast Perhantu. Bye-bye. <laughs>